Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow female artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom these women have to offer. Today, I sit down with Roche Abdullah and enjoy some nourishing kombucha. Roche is a comedian, an improviser, and a woman I admire immensely. Oh, today is great. I signed the lease for a new apartment. Oh, shit. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'm actually moving with my partner. I've never done this, and this is like the longest relationship I've had. It's only been a year. Wait, uh, remind me. Noah, Dylan, Derek. Those are the three names I have in my head, and I've met him. Curtis, another white boy name. Mother. Curtis. Yeah, yeah. Before you were coming over, I don't know why I thought about it. I thought about him and no, I pictured don't, him don't, and I thought of his you name. You don't need to. It's all, like, well. Don't bring another man into my story. <laughs> That's not what I need. Um, but congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. How are you yeah, feeling Also, about, my pronouns yeah. are she, her, and his pronouns are he, him. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So how are you feeling about moving in with him? Great. I love big life changes. Like I thrive and I, I, and I am such a person who um gets bored easily and like mm. I the job that I have now it's the longest I've ever been at a job mm-hmm. I'd say and uh not I'd say factually <laughs> <laughs> like just trying to think in that moment I would say yeah I'd say that and like no it's yeah checks out <laughs> yeah. do the quick fact check and uh yeah I'm like already checked out kind of thing and yeah. so uh I, and it's all happening at once like I'm quitting come Monday I'm moving in wow yeah I'm when do you move I'm moving May 1st. May 1st? And you're giving them two weeks notice on Monday? No, I'm going to give them until May 1st because I also want them. Oh, okay. It's a great project. It's called the Opening Doors Project with mm-hmm. the Canadian Mental Health Association. They do equity workshops, like anti-oppression workshops, anti-racism workshops, migration. So wow. I want those workshops to happen. Yeah. I want them to be able to fulfill to, to fill the role with someone who's going to be great. Ready to, yeah. Yeah. Can you remind me what you do for a job? I'm a peer facilitator. So I, I facilitate those workshops. Wow. Yeah, with another co-facilitator. What made you want to do that? <laughs> no plan like okay my uh and I'm sure a lot of people can relate like turn 18 you have no idea what you want to do yeah that person who's like I don't have any skills I don't have any hobbies oh. uh, I loved watching movies I could mm-hmm. like binge watch movies and I just retain a lot of movie kind of and I would always like check IMDB after movies so that but I'm like I'm not gonna write or direct a movie so who's gonna pay me to because you didn't want to write or direct a movie no I think that was just not feasible in my mind mm. I did I think I was like wanting to be a writer but then I would like in 16 year old look up at that time whatever Google was and they and the, at that time because I did uh last year self-published a poetry book mm. congratulations thank you. thank you yeah i was going through a breakup and i was just like i gotta write this stuff down <laughs> write everything. which is funny because um i get like i was never into poetry but when mm. you're it's like you're bleeding on the page and i get that people might connect more to lyrics because it has the music with it and so mm. a lot of people are like i don't get poetry but for you who writes it there's so much emotion in it and when i was trying to research yeah. about it I went on Amazon to like look at the prices and stuff of other poetry books and of course Ruby Core's book is like number one bestseller mm-hmm. on Amazon in mm-hmm. this poetry section it. yeah it's beautiful. that's actually how table. I got it. I just found her I was going through a breakup and a friend handed me um the sun and her flowers and yeah. I read it and I was like damn and and I was always I'm this person who anytime anything's trendy I don't mm. like it just because mm. it's trendy and then like eight years later like I'll like this Halloween I'll probably rock up dresses uh, Avatar just like blew myself because I think it's like, gonna be hilarious if I'm just so <laughs> uh, from like outdated like oh yeah no I know this was like years ago but I'm doing it now yeah yeah what if where people like, like it's... what if like you like something and then it becomes trendy that that does happen but yeah. I don't want to be those people who are like mm. I like it do you <laughs> abandon it what do you do uh <laughs> secretly keep I'm uh. No, I definitely won't abandon it if I like yeah. it. Like, I'm not that weird about okay. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just won't tell people. Mm, um, yeah. No, that's not true. I guess, I don't know. I don't know what I do. They'll be like, I like that. I'm like, cool, me too. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, but I'm very aware of, like, I remember a couple years ago, I saw an elderly woman on a bus, and she had mm-hmm. a beret, and I was like, that's going to come in. Like, I can, mm. I know that's going to come in. And I bought a beret. never wore it because I was like, hats are not my thing. But it was that thing of, like, <laughs> proof of, like, I, I, I knew – I knew I this knew. was going to be a thing. Yeah. So, but uh, when I was researching Rupi Kaur's book on yeah. Amazon, um, they have reviews, obviously, and I I love Googling one-star reviews of, like, anything. I looked up one today. Actually, it's so funny because I was looking for doctors in the new area I'm going to move in. Yeah. And I was, I was reading the reviews, and one person one wrote, like, doctors. there was, like, a this this clinic is closed, and it should be off Google Maps. And they replied, like, the my fate. Okay, so... Google reviews is my number one love, but my yeah. like, true love is when the owners 
comment back reply to the ones they reply stars. to the ones that happen a oh, lot when no. i'd be traveling and trying to find a place to eat and then the like owners of a restaurant would be like you have no taste and i loved <laughs> it I just i would like dramatically read it but this this one they replied back and it was like like capitals like lol like starting off as, as a company just like lol laughing at this google reviewer and be like that's not true we're booked by, uh, by appointment only also aren't you a doctor at our competing clinic like just like <gasps> throwing them under the bus i'm so surprised google like drama. i was picturing all of the replies being like super apologetic They're or very like yeah politically correct or something and then they just start off with like lol fuck you basically yeah and some of the other ones were like hello there gavin unfortunately blah blah, blah. please reach out but right. this one i was like who hacked your account like what <laughs> yeah maladjusted receptionist is about to quit and yeah, just like, okay, i'm gonna yeah. finally like, reply screw back. this but sorry ruby core's book yeah i was reading the one star reviews and yeah. people were so rude and mean and they were like my five-year-old niece could do this and it's like yeah they could it's poetry like anyone mm-hmm. could but this person bled on that page and mm-hmm. you're like i don't get it it's nothing like shakespeare then it's just not for you yeah it's like go read shakespeare then go then. do something else yeah they're like i like byron it's like okay <laughs> then go read byron yeah. oh my god the reviews drive me crazy other than like this food made me like physically ill or like this yeah. like if it's something where you're like warning others for the what's your intention if you but just even want to that shit, i went to like I, I won't say the name of it but yeah. I, me and my friend went to a bar restaurant and they spilled scalding hot soup on her mm. and I didn't, I didn't complain i was like that's a one-off like that yeah. guy had a bad day i mean yeah. she would be she's pissed about it so she would be like oh. right she actually asked me to write a one-star review and i was like nah she's like listen i know you read a lot of these. exactly that's why you'll be like, very eloquent in re- yeah yeah you know what to do I was like, I don't feel, I've never given a bad review. I don't, but yeah. I also don't give good reviews, which I would love. I had this New Year's resolution a couple of years where I was like, I, I want to obviously promote what I love, but mm-hmm. also if anyone gives me a recommendation, I want to read it. I want to watch it. Cause people like, there's some people who recommend everything, but mm-hmm. I feel like you really recommend things that you're like really into mm. or you really love. And you're like this. And then I always would later on and be like, oh, that was great. Or people would do that to when I would be like, you got to watch this. You got to see this. You got to mm. read it. And they're like, that was amazing. I was like, I know your life could have been significantly better <laughs> three months ago. <laughs> you would have watched it. And so I try to do that. Yeah. But I realized that one, people recommend a lot things yeah and they two, do some people have real bad taste or not your taste or mm. so uh yeah. yeah i would look up how to be a an author and they and it was like you have to write a manuscript and then yeah. you have to send it to these publishers and then they have there was a whole process mm-hmm. and so now it's the age of like you you want anything you do, do it. it just do it which 100%. i'm a huge person on so yeah big life changes I'm in, like, wow. jump all in. I obviously was, like, more, when I was younger, I had less risk to it, more spontaneous, and mm-hmm. so um, have to think a bit more about these things now, mm-hmm. but... I'm Why? Re- uh, I think because, you know, uh, so what I did was I was obsessed, in high school, I was obsessed with England. I just, like, loved England mm-hmm. for some reason, the culture, the television show. Um, I don't know if I want to say the food, because it really, it's, like, curly-whirly bars and <laughs> beans. But, um, I love beans. I love, I love a good bean. I love a good bean. <laughs> <laughs> so you're obsessed, you're obsessed with English obsessed stuff. Obsessed with England. So yeah. all of high school, I really didn't, uh, like secluded myself yeah. and would just surround myself with the things that I loved. And what were you, sorry, I'm picturing you like you're surrounding In yourself with like tea and like crumpets. I would watch like, I would come home and I would just watch shows like The Mighty Boosh and I was very much that kind of teenager who was like, no one gets me. Like, I'm above everyone. Because yeah. I moved from it. I moved to a new town. Mm-hmm. I grew up in North York, but then mm-hmm. at some point I moved to Hamilton and mm-hmm. then started high school in Scarborough. And I oh. just, for the first time in my life, like, had kind of friends in grade eight, mm. grade seven, because my parents were like, I just didn't go out. I remember being invited to a birthday party when I was 12 once, and it was, like, the greatest thing. We watched a Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh. Some people slept over. I didn't, but that's Why? Just, Why? My parents were, my parents were really, um, my, so my parents came, we came to Canada as refugees mm-hmm. in 1992. So mm-hmm. I was six months when I was born, six or sorry, when I was, um, I was born. <laughs> I was six months when I was born. So you came, big baby. Oh, so I was 12 <laughs> pounds when I was born though. Oh, were you? So maybe you were six months. Yeah, probably. I came out, but, yeah, well, I, my mom had a natural birth. Go mom. Yeah, no, we're still not on speaking terms. Okay. She's still not mad. go mom. Yeah. Go mom with the birth. No, go her. Because yeah. she had, and, and, and she was pregnant when they were running away. Like she climbed wow. a mountain at nine months. And, and your brother's older than you? My Both my brothers are older Both than me. Both your brothers are older. Yeah. So, so how old a whole, were they? There's a whole story and I eventually want to write that. I did write a like sort of a blog form, but I would like to write that as a novel. My one yeah. brother is a year older than me. My okay. other brother is four or five. I say that because we gave him like a fake birthday because in Iraq, 
you have to go to the military when you turn 18. So my mom kind of changed the date a little bit to give him more time. Oh. Which, like, you never think about. She never thought in a million years she would come to Canada and that yeah. wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. But obviously it's a transition. And so we, we're not first generation. We're not second generation. Mm-hmm. They actually call us, like, 1.5 because we're from somewhere else. But mm-hmm. we grew up here. And so oh, it's, wow. it's a real – and I wrote a poem about it in, in – my book because I've always struggled with that identity of Mm. like I feel Canadian but there's also my roots and Mm -hmm. and a lot of people can relate for sure um wow so you were six months when you came over six months and I grew up on like Simpsons and learned English so I have no accent or anything but my parents were it took a while for them to Mm -hmm. um to you know and they still have like a a dual identity as well but Mm -hmm. I I pushed away from a lot of you know cuisine things Mm. like that um made sure I you know you make sure you don't want to have an accent you make sure you don't I would get made fun of if I said things like close the light instead of shut off the light but everything obviously changed on 9-11 because it never Mm. was an issue I was always like be proud of yourself and Mm -hmm. then the day after 9-11 I was going to school and I didn't really get the severity of it kind of but how old were you 9-11 I was like I think I was we're like, around well, I was like nine age. or eleven, yeah. but I'm like it's because those numbers are in my head. <laughs> I think we're around the same age, yeah, right? Yeah. I think so, like ten ish. Yeah, Maybe around right that. between nine and eleven. I could do the math. I'm, yeah, I can't though. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's why I'm not. I could. Yeah. I, I could take out a calculator and do it, or you could do it. Someone here. <laughs> Someone could figure it out. So, but, but like around gonna, ten years old, right? Around ten years okay. old, and so didn't understand wow. it fully, and then because it was also in a different country, so mm. um, people were like, "Do you remember where you were?" And I was like, "Yeah, but my the." I do, but I re- also remember my biggest thing going on at that moment was like, where's the fucking Reese cups <laughs> in the house? And then that was on the news. I'm like, but that the was on the cups. news. You know, um, I was watching this documentary on Netflix and it said that for 9-11, um, that's one of the like main questions that they ask people. Are gonna people are going to a conspiracy podcast. I know, totally. Immediately totally. got to 9-11. <laughs> yeah, immediately. It's like right. two minutes. It's an inside job, like, everyone. This is where I'm going with this. Um, they say that like often people during 9-11 and they did this study where they found that um where people report they were is actually incorrect like your brain somehow yeah, from yeah. traumatic events grab anyways very no, I've read studies where they would yeah. give someone uh, a diary of when they were like their parents when the kid was little and be mm-hmm. like this is an entry your parents wrote when you were lost in the mall and they would like give details and then the person be like oh yeah and I remember this and it never happened you're like it never happened that is wild memories very yeah it's crazy that's why they have to be careful with testimonies and stuff yeah 100% wait so the day after 9-11 no no sorry sorry oh yeah the day after (laughs) 9-11 my mom took me aside and she was like don't tell anyone where you're from don't tell anyone your last name and I didn't understand it until I went to school and someone called me a terrorist and so there's always an othering for mm-hmm. myself growing up, for sure. and But there's also a big loneliness because high school was really lonely for me because I remember the first day um, I kind of like a, 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 I sat beside someone and then they were like, come meet lunch with us. And mm-hmm. I joined their friends because everyone went to sc- middle school together. And so I didn't know anyone. And oh, I remember wow, being at funny. lunch with these this group of people and I was like, I don't vibe. I'm not into it. Uh, and my brother, I think at that time, had told me, like, you you become, like, the five people that you hang around with most. You kind of, like, take on their personality, oh, their traits. Me, yeah. And so I remembered thinking at that moment, I was like, I could either hang out with these people and mm-hmm. not look like a loser, mm-hmm. but don't like myself or don't like who I'm becoming or, or not. I wasn't having fun. So I was like, mm-hmm. I could suck. I could pretend but and, and be miserable. Or I could just be on my own and, and not care if I look lame or mm-hmm. if, I, if I look like a loser or anything and then I chose that I was mm-hmm. like I I'm gonna do what I want I'm gonna and I didn't so there was good to it and I like really knew who I was at that age because it obviously changes mm-hmm. um because I think high school is a time where you're like you don't really know who you are and people yeah. are figuring out and you I, like desperately want to figure it out and you think you're supposed to figure it out by the end of high school oh yeah and and you but you're also like so sure because and you maybe you are for that time mm-hmm. it just changes so much so I was so into so I would want to do my things and I would like and I had like cl- I would be that person who had like one best friend like one mm-hmm. close friend instead of but I never really connected in a way um, until I went to university but uh, so my dream was to go to England and mm. then but I didn't want to go to school and I told my parents that when I was grade 12 I was like I want to backpack England which is not a thing people don't <laughs> backpack England England specifically but hey you knew what you wanted to do I knew what I wanted to do and they were like hell no because that wasn't <laughs> They're like, no. In their mind, they're like, it's university or nothing. And yeah. it's even if you go to university, it's like doctor, lawyer, engineer. Mm. And I didn't want to know what I want. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I felt like 
pressured into picking something like I was like maybe a diplomat like can help I had no idea what these things were yeah and so I did my but I got accepted to this program it's really bougie it was like you go you do you go to a castle mm. in your first year you go to England and you study in a castle and I also got into Harry Potter series I was, when I was just in high gonna school. say that's so much like Harry Potter I know but I was dying? I was really into it in high school because obviously it was super trendy yeah when I was a kid and I was like no I'm not into this kid. <laughs> you're like I'm not doing like, this it's dumb it's yeah. dumb I never read it but yeah. I can tell it's dumb <laughs> and uh, yeah so I so I did that and I had the best time it was like so like you know no rules got to go out and travel and then I was done and I was like man I still don't know what I want to do mm. and so I was like you know what I'm going to pick a degree that's easy mm-hmm. that I can bullshit for four years mm-hmm. and like live that life and mm-hmm. party and have friends and get into extracurriculars and then I'll graduate and I'll figure it out mm-hmm. what I did know. you pick what major I picked you pick? English and drama oh there that's hey I mean I'm sure you felt some sort of like natural it was something that I was like I'm not gonna hate it yeah but I it's also real easy to bullshit like I wrote a paper in second mm-hmm. year about the how honey in Winnie the Pooh is a representation of the seven deadly sins, and I called it Mo Honey Mo Problems. Do you have that still? <laughs> I actually do. I do have it because I had the, an external hard drive with everything, <gasps> and I haven't come. Like I, I'm like I don't have the patience to yeah. read this stuff. But yeah, oh, I, I want to read it so like, bad. I, I got a D, but I so passed. Good. It was was like, it Mo Honey Mo Problems? Mo Honey Mo Problems. <gasps> I yeah. actually found university when I went in. Like I wanted to go for theater, but I like didn't have the guts to do it. So I went for something else. Oh, thanks, babe. And uh, she's just refilling our drinks for us is what I... I gave you why two, I said two drops. Did you see that? I, filled I know, but mine us. was like basically full anyway. And like, I have more in my fridge. I'm that person who's like, Drake, I don't... I'm like... And then I'm like, are you going to finish that? I'm yeah. Like, are you, I'm going to have two things. And then be like, you're not... Hurry up. Because I'm going to... It's not going to last if you don't touch it. Honestly, Roche, we are so different. And yet I am so... <laughs> into me? I'm so into you. Everyone is. Can I? I just, Everyone is. I feel. I, for, I'm gonna say I love myself. Yeah. I have a, a lot of confidence, and I think a lot of it is goes back to that high school. I was just so about like you spent. I feel like you you spend a lot of your figuring out who you are. Like then the 30s kind of mm-hmm. hit, and you're like, man, I'm I'm comfortable in this. Mm-hmm. Like I now I know what I like, and, I, and so that's why like dating and things get more serious because mm-hmm. you're like I'm not gonna waste my time on that stuff. But I. I'm, I'm gonna say I know I have so much self-love I have so much confidence I also have type 2 bipolar so I I know that sometimes it's like from a high but I I grew that self-love that is me mm. and I think a lot of people see me and they I, I have traits that people want yeah and like, how do you have that how is it because I was never stressed in university I was never stressed because I never studied mm. people were like how can you do it and I was like I'll, I'll figure it out like it you know four years let me have fun and when the time comes I've always been scrappy I've always yeah, where does that where like it seems and I and I don't want to put stuff on you, so I'm just gonna mm-hmm. say what I perceive yeah, from you. And I'm so curious to know what people like think of. Oh, uh, are like, you really like, first impressions of? Yeah, I love it because not like I care, but like <laughs> she's not. But, it, but, but it's, it's more like yeah, yeah. Right? it's interesting to know what it's not just what you're putting out there because some of it is just what people through people's lenses like it says more about them. 100%. But I just remember so we did like a, a program together, and I remember when I um, like first met you and was talking to you and getting to know you. A hundred percent. I was like, oh, she has so many of these qualities that I cannot even start to figure out how to have. <laughs> but you seem to have just such like a deep, deep, not even belief. It's just like truth that shit will work out and you're going to be okay. Not yeah. even okay. Yeah. Shit's going to work out no matter what. And I'm going to be thriving. And I'm like, where does yeah. that come from? It's not that idea of like everything happens for a reason. Right. And yeah. it's like, what is it? It's always going to be okay. And if it's not, if it's not, it's not. Or it's, it's always. It wasn't it, meant to be or something. Yeah. It's like, like it's, that at stuff. the end, it's going to be okay. And if it's not, it's not the end. And I'm like, oh, no, it's like, I've never heard that. Yeah. And I do think about the people in the world who like their whole lives have been pain and misery. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to, I'm, I'm aware of my privilege I'm aware of my my I'm I'm grateful like mm-hmm. I, I do practice gratitude and uh there's a lot of times in my life where I'm like I'm I'm happy in this moment and then I, I, I sit in that moment so I was like I don't want to look back and be like oh I regret like the good old days like mm. I'm really grateful for the good times and and the thing is though is like if it's not it's not because that's gonna happen I think half of it is attitude mm-hmm. of like belief like it's it's I'm I'm always I'm fake it till you make it mm. And then, because you do that, you eventually, like, with confidence and stuff, people are like, mm-hmm. I don't have confidence. Like, you fake it. But I am a person who uh, spiritually believes in, like, energies. Mm-hmm. And when you put good energy out, uh, it's not that, like, it, it always comes back to you and things. It's just, like, you change your mindset. So you're, people are like, think positive. And it's, like, it's not that things, the world is giving you things because you just, it's that now you're looking for things. You treat yourself differently. Mm-hmm. You treat others differently. And yeah, confidence is truly everything, especially mm-hmm. like as a woman, especially as a woman in comedy, mm-hmm. like you got to believe in yourself. 
who's gonna give you that chance yeah. right you got you got to be like oh I deserve it. it's like Kanye when he started Jay Z would be like when he started he'd be like I'm the best rapper ever and like you're gonna listen to that person who's like you, <laughs> yeah you think you're you like are? you sure oh, at least for okay. a second until they're like prove it and then yeah prove it though that's the thing is you have to have talent but you have to have that grit too and like if you if you believe in yourself and you work hard I'm not I understand privilege and intersectionality and that not everyone's getting the opportunities. Mm-hmm. But I believe in myself. I'm, I'm, I love myself. Mm-hmm. I also, there was a point in my life where when I left high school, I felt like I was very mean and my humor was really mean and putting people down. And I mm-hmm. met someone who uh, was my best friend and I was just like, this person is so nice. Like I've never met anyone like this person before. And it truly was that they just had so much confidence or just so confident. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want to be that. And I want to walk into a room and people talk about me like the way they talk about him. Like they're just like, Roshi's the best. And oh, I leave wow. a room. Like I come into a room and be like, yeah, Roshi's here. And I leave a room and be like, she's the, she's great. Mm. And that was a choice. Like I had mm. to make choices. It's almost so, like grow by choice, not out of like necessity. Like choose to grow when you're not being forced to grow as I well. I think both. I never like to, I'm trying not, I'm so, such a black and white person. I really don't want to think that way. Mm-hmm. You are a black and white person? I use, I, oh, I, 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 I am, I am, but mm-hmm. I'm trying not to because just like there's mm-hmm. so many, there's a million different advices and it works for different people and sometimes mm-hmm. it can be both. Also not living in that binary because with bipolar um, and, and other things, my relationships with men have been so high and low and so mm-hmm. dramatic and then I found a very secure, very healthy relationship but I struggle with the idea of it not having, I was like, but it seems, life feels boring right now. Mm. Like anything, like having a secure job, having a secure relationship. uh, And I was like, it's, it's just so boring. And and is that what life is going to be is baseline Mm. boring. Um, And my therapist had to be like, because uh, I said one day I was like the the high that I got from my previous relationship mm-hmm. doesn't compare to the any high that I get from from now but mm-hmm. I know it's good like I know it's healthy and the other one was toxic and she's mm-hmm. like you didn't love the person you love it's a dopamine hit right oh, and, and but that, I had to yeah. and so I had to get out of that binary of like healthy equals boring and, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of things that work with different people yeah I live in, you know, I live in like such gray, like no black and white. I think, so growing up, I was always nervous that I would like offend, not even offend somebody. I think I was just scared that I would make somebody feel left out or bad or something. Well, that's better than having the fear of not being liked. Oh, I had that too, I think. But, but yeah, I sure. think we all, but like, you're right. I, actually, yeah, but I, I like, I was worried that like even when I was a kid, I remember my parents like first split up. And I would go to school. I was really young, but I would like go to, I think this was in like daycare. Mm -hmm. And they asked you what your favorite color was, like just for like a little craft, like to pick a color. Mm -hmm. And I would ask like periodically to both my parents, mom, what's your favorite color? She'd say green. Dad, what's your favorite color? He would say red. So that I was always accurate. And then at school I would say green and red. And they'd Mm -hmm. be like, no, no, we'll just pick one. And I would have a full meltdown. Like I could not choose. (sighs) And I always thought having an opinion, if I say, oh, um, fish tastes bad then am I alienating and making everybody feel bad who likes fish like I took everything so yeah you got to get to a point where you realize like that's not on you that's on them because there are people in the world who are like that right Mm -hmm. if I go to Subway sandwiches and I get a sandwich and someone behind me can be like ew you big meatball (laughs) veggie delight is where it's at it's like you just every, there's seven billion people in the world and we can't all be the same. But I think also I don't I want to ask you if it bleeds into your life now because when you're a kid, mm-hmm. you don't you know you, you don't decision, you don't make a lot of decisions in yeah. your life and you're and also things like I, when I moved to Australia, uh, footy AFL is a big thing there and mm. the kid I nannied loved it and so when he was like who do you play for which is like the the first thing that people say to you when they meet you really it's like hey and then it's like who do you go for. Sorry, it's not who you play for. It's who do you go for. Who do you go for. Who do you go for. And they're talking about footy. They're talking about AFL. And, and you like you have to have a team. And so wow. he loved the Bombers, but yeah. his sister loved Hawthorne because the dad loved the Bombers and the mom loved <gasps> Hawthorne. They picked sides. But it when he asked me, I was like, uh, what do you want me? Like, he was like, go for Bombers. Yeah. But I was like, I guess who do I pick? Because I obviously want to pick the best team. Like, I have no affiliation. Yeah. And when you're a kid, you pick, you like the sports team that your parents like. Like, is yeah. there, and then maybe there are kids who are like, I like this one for this reason. But a lot of your decisions are influenced or made by your parents. Were yours? I feel like you were a kid who walked around and you're like, fuck it, I hate footy. Or like, whatever. Like, I feel like you, you just seem to be a person who is like, whatever oh, people like, red, I went the opposite green. way. Or just that like, 
or just that you knew what you liked. Mom, mom likes green. Dad likes red. I like yellow. So I'm picking yellow because that's my favorite. And that's what you're asking. That's what I picture as little baby. Right. Roche. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what you, you meet someone. You're like, you must've been like this. Your whole I know. Life. Right. This and that's time. black and white. This that's another black sure. and white thing. Yeah. I have like a no tolerance. I'm in the no scrub club for like men. Like I have no mm. tolerance uh, for bullshit. And mm. even I'm, I'm overtaking my, I'm taking over my friend's hinge account. And so I'll just have like, it, it, like conversation. I'm not a, I'm not rude. Conversations are great and they're fun, but someone will just say something and I'm like, all right, that's it. Yeah. Not completely. Like I can tell when people are joking or stuff. Um, but I also was that 19 year old woman who let a lot of things happen and mm-hmm. my bar was so, so low mm-hmm. as, as with a lot of people can relate. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this took time. I ask a lot of my friends who are couples, the, their favorite thing about the other person and the mm-hmm. thing that they're like, oh man, if, if you could, they're like, if you do this one more time mm-hmm. and for, it's funny cause if, if it's, um, if it's a heteronormative relationship, then mm-hmm. the woman will always say, like, they'll pick something, like, annoying, like a trait, and be like, oh, they just, like, can never focus on one thing. But the guys actually always are like, I just wish she believed in herself more. Like, I just wish she, <sighs> like, she's so great. She's got all these things. I just wish she, like, saw herself the way that That's, I like, a common thread that a, very a lot common, of the guys would say? Yeah. Oh. I also have a lot of good guy friends. <laughs> got a lot of great <laughs> friends who I surround myself with. Who say, like, I don't have things. a friend who I'm like, man, I can't. I just, ugh. Like yeah, why? I get to choose that. I was going to say, do you find it easy if you're in a, if you're in a friendship with somebody and you're finding like, it's not serving you, not, not serving you, but like the re- the friendship isn't serving you in a healthy way or you're finding it's toxic. Do you find it easy to sort of like break away from those people or make decisions like to no longer be friends with those people? It's a good question. Um, I think, and it's all, yeah, it's, it's hard, especially in this, in the cancel culture society as of today, like you've got friends who are going to make mistakes as do I. Mm -hmm. Um, I think before I would take a step back for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't really have friends that did anything, you know, harmful enough that Mm -hmm. I was like, we're, we're done. I actually, I had a friend in high school who just went a little bit off the wall and I was like, all right, I'm I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I can take breaks. When I was in Australia, I lived with, who's my best friend now. I lived Mm -hmm. with her and we shared a bed. And it was hard. Like, we were wow. not getting along. We all, yeah, and it was – we only had each other. And it was that kind of thing where if, if she did something, uh, if anyone else did it, it wouldn't, like, bother me. But if she did it, like, you know, it would just grind my gears and, and vice versa. Um, and it was just close court. Like, sometimes just being physically close with someone or not having a break from somebody – it was that, but it was also it like we weren't treating each other the best. Okay, like that's There was fair, that. Right. It was very obvious <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that was happening as well. When you're meeting new people and like, I feel like in the industry that we're into, mm-hmm. you're like constantly meeting new people. Yeah. And, sure. and a lot of people are putting on like their best face, even if that, that doesn't mean their most positive face. It could be like, hey, I think the funniest thing about me is that I'm cynical. So I'm going to have my most cynical face on. Right. What do you, what kind of qualities are you like drawn towards in people that you want to be friends with people? I know what I, I know for sure what I don't like. And mm. I'm actually, I'm actually a person who, if I don't like someone, which mm-hmm. it happens a yeah. lot, <laughs> I can't hide it. Really? I'm really bad at hiding it. And it sucks if you have like a coworker because I can't like even make eye contact sometimes or mm. I just like don't want to be around them. And it's, I don't think, I mean, I, me, I'm like, I don't think I'm cold, but obviously they're getting a coldness if I'm treating mm. others more warmly in there. But I keep it to like. You know, and I don't like small talk. And I'm a person you meet me, and I'm like, oh my god, is this a hemorrhoid in my butthole? You gotta <laughs> check it out and tell me. Very open, mm-hmm. everything's on the table, very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, there's a lot of people I don't like, and I find that a running theme of that is people who need you to like them, and people who oh, and and they'll, and they'll say things like, I remember in high school, one person was like, why don't you like me? And I was like, that very question, the fact that you because you just why, asked me why that. do you care? I'm not who am I mm-hmm. to be a person that needs to validate you? But the people that I'm drawn to, fun, yeah. like mm. fun people, people who can also be open and vulnerable. But I appreciate all different types. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, with people who are a bit more introverted or people who don't share their feelings, it's it's hard to crack that shell. Not that I want to be the person to, but I don't focus on. I'm I'm like I'm just gonna be me. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna have fun, and I oftentimes I find that I'm. And it might be the bipolar too, because that was a thing I had to not to be like this is my identity, but a thing that I had to grasp with is mm-hmm. where does my where does the bipolar end and my personality begin? Wow. But I can so embrace that. Yeah. You know, when I meet people, they're like, I've never met people like her. And I've had that. I've, I've heard. And I thrive off of that. Really? I was going to say, yeah. What is it like? It to might not that? be healthy too. Right. But, but I, I love that. You know, what's interesting is like, you were talking about before, like really struggling with always feeling like you were the other and always feeling like you didn't belong. And mm-hmm. now 
And then also now talking about how you sort of like you thrive off of being the other. Like you, you know, and it's interesting to have those two sort of aspects. Yeah, I think the other is for like qualities that, again, the things that people possess. So I may have built myself to be that and like Mm. pick every positive thing and try to encompass it all until it becomes you. But I first and foremost, it's me. And I Mm -hmm. I go to bed at night being like, am I happy? Would my 12-year-old self be proud of me? Would my 82-year-old self be proud of me? And I'm very proud of myself. I My birthday, I made a birthday post to me. Like, everything is... I have my own name tattooed on myself in a heart. It's going to be my mom, but I was like, I love Mimos. Like, I'm my biggest fan. Truly, oh I'm my, my biggest God. fan. You got to have someone rooting for you. And, yeah. and you got to, It's you know, invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. So how... Going forward now with relationship where you're moving in with somebody. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Um, does it scare you? What? How do you feel about like the idea that you know you know yourself? You know you get bored if there's yeah. like this is gonna piss a lot of people off because it's the same thing of like I wish I had that, but one hundred percent. Yeah, I'm in things one hundred percent. I live for the moment. I know things might not work out, but why not? Like you know, you watch dating shows and mm-hmm. people are, like so re- reserved and like are afraid, and mm-hmm. then that actually is like the self fulfilling prophecy of making it not work. Yeah, like when I was dating this this uh, previous person, I got a tattoo that symbolized like an inside joke between us, and I was like, I know mm-hmm. we most likely aren't going to be together forever, but mm-hmm. in this moment, I fully feel love, and that's what I'm going to pursue. I wouldn't recommend getting a tattoo. <laughs> not that I regret it, but right, but I'm yeah. just like, this is what I feel now. Let's let's live in this mm-hmm. in this feeling. So. God, you gift yourself such validation in like your feelings, in your ideas, in your thoughts. Like it's so amazing to me, the connection. I'm trying to really build that quicker connection between Mm. like, I feel this way. Is it valid? And like, I want to be closer to where you are, where you're like, I love this thing, period. Like that's, you know, I think that's amazing. No, genuinely. And I think like, that's one of the things I struggle so much with that I see in you that you're just like, yeah, it's funny. Why? Because I think it's funny. Yeah, that comes from a lot of self-talk too. It's like that mm. fake it till you make it because we all get imposter syndrome. But if you can build a kind of way and train your brain where the moment those thoughts come in, you mm. cancel them out. You're like, no, it's great. No, mm. I'm like, this is funny. This is- What's your relationship like with failure or with bombing? With stand-up, with improv, in life, in trying things? Because it seems like you are totally like, I'm going all in. It's all or nothing. What's the point in doing things yeah. half-ass, you know? So when you invest that much, you're that open and that vulnerable. When it doesn't work out, Sometimes you, you chalk it up it? to, like, it's just, it sucks. Like, yeah. it's just, you, you, I would have made different decisions now, mm-hmm. but sometimes it sucks. Then there's times where, when I started uh, Featured Players at Bad Dog, yeah. they asked us in the beginning, they're like, what do you want? What do you want of this? What are you looking for? And I was like, I'm looking to fail, because I found that when I started improv in Australia, mm-hmm. uh it was so okay to be bad because you're just starting and Mm. and that and that makes you more take more risks and you know and that because you you give yourself leniency of like yeah I'm bad I'm just learning this Mm -hmm. thing where I'm totally creating all this stuff up on the spot and but also it's it's not you're just making stuff up you're building relationships you're so so when they asked me I was like I'm looking to fail because I just found myself when I came to Toronto I felt like I had a point to prove and I was Mm. taking classes not to be better but to to show that I was someone that people should take note of Mm -hmm. and I lost the fun after a while because the fun was taking risks and stuff and so I was like I want to take I want to fail because I know I'll be taking risks in that and I want to also learn new try different things and not rely on you could be safe and do the things that you know that work but I know that works Mm. and I want to get in order for me to be the best possible you know version of best improviser that I can be is to try the things that I'm scared of to do the things that are hard and so when we had a show and I made initiation and it did not go down like it Mm. just didn't land I was on the stage for honestly like 10 bananas on my own which sucked because well, I don't, it's 10 bananas like when you banana, count two, <laughs> ten, yeah, just like so. people throwing bananas, just bananas until, just throwing she's slipping everywhere I thought so okay, or maybe so it you felt like there. 10 bananas yeah. but it was probably five mm. I think also too improv helps with my all out of my attitudes and, and mm. things because it's life rules right like say yeah. yes support go for it so so I did it and it bombed it went, it went down so bad and then the first thought was like now everyone in the audience thinks I'm a shit improviser and yeah. I know I'm good and then the second thing is like well I know I'm good and then it's you took you took a risk yeah I what is what is Brene Brown said I I I did it and I won right mm. I tried I tried I, I failed I but I, I won because I I tried Ugh. What, what did she says anyone watch but, that special it's so it's so great you I forget know, the last, it's, this thing is this stuff is work like it's mm-hmm. hard to remember this stuff your brain it naturally goes negatively mm-hmm. it doesn't but it's, it's a lot of it's because we've been conditioned to in some ways 
like it's weird we lived in this weird dichotomy of like as millennials people are always telling you you can do anything like you could be anyone and then yet like the beauty industry and all this stuff is mm-hmm. like but not that and like you're beautiful mm-hmm. but only if you use this product and mm-hmm. also you're not beautiful but you ha- so you have to be it, like just you know it's, it's hard confusing but there's people I'm just like not for them and that sucks because that that's the biggest fear right that's why people don't go for things because mm-hmm. they're like well what if I put my whole life and energy into this and it doesn't happen or I'm not good at it or if it's not right for mm-hmm. me. Um, I have so much of that rush. I'm like so much worry. I, I okay, but then what? I'm right? like, cause I fear that I'm like delusional and wasting my time. I fear that I'm not like American Idol audition. I think I right. said this once to a friend, American Idol audition where everyone's like, I really think you should just quit. And you're like, no, because yeah. everyone's been saying perseverance. Yeah, and like, yeah. Cause everyone says, just stick with it. It'll happen eventually. And you're like, no, but that's actually not true. Right. So where is delusional meets positivity? Like where I is that? Yeah. I get that. I, I don't know if I call it delusional, but, but okay. So let's say that. So what? So what then? You're going to be 50 and you're like, did I do it? If it didn't happen, but mm-hmm. did, you, did you do it? Did you try? Like, You know what I go to? I go like, well, I could have tried harder. Mm. And I know I know that I, my therapist has pointed out that I have quite like a militant voice, like like military right. sergeant voice for myself. Straighten up. Yeah. Which <laughs> try I, harder. Which I never thought of because I never, t- I would never approach anyone else that way. But I was talking and she's like, she used a different word that was like, I didn't know what it meant. So I had to ask her and she's like, <laughs> like militant. So now I'm just using that one. But I didn't, you know, I'm, it's always like, well, not good enough. And I had the yeah. same, I had anxiety around like improv started being less and less fun for me. The more experience I got, yeah. the more shows I got yeah. asked to do, the more things I got the accepted to. Sure. Yeah. Because you're right. In the beginning, I was like, you're like I'm doing this for fun. Should, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm doing this for fun. And oh, maybe I am good at this. You're Let's just hard, try. Yeah. And then as I got like more and more years on me, I'm like, fuck, I think I just suck. Or like, it, it just... Everyone be- plateaus. The thing that you were saying, you're so militant, you're so upset. You wouldn't talk to your best friend. Ugh, like you wouldn't I say know. these things to your yeah. friend. And it really is that self-talk. It's really mm-hmm. like train your brain when you have those things to put it out. Like I wake up in the morning and I, I look at my body and I'm like, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Love it. Even with every time I'm like, my thigh, like that thought of like, mm-hmm. just so much, my thighs are so big. And I'm like, no, they're not. Or who, or yeah, they are. Like, mm-hmm. but it's fat phobic to, it's just like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But I love it still. And I can walk and, uh, you gotta, the, those thoughts come. And if you, you let them fester and you let them stay, they'll stay. Mm-hmm. Right. They're squatters. They'll stay there for as long oh, as they need to. Oh, they're such squatters. It's true. Yeah. I'm trying really hard. Um, like talking about body image, I'm trying to change my language to, talk about like how happy I am that like like thighs for example if I'm like oh my god my legs are blah blah I'll be like hey legs thanks for walking me to work yesterday because I really enjoyed the sun or thanks Mm -hmm. for you know like just thank you for doing what you do for me and changing but you're right it is a lot of negative it's a lot of like just negative talk and also I'm 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 very gifted with a lot of privilege right I'm able-bodied I have pretty privilege I have like so many things and Mm so yeah well talking about privilege you you chatted with me about something and it stuck with me since and I had never heard it talked about this way I love when people tell me that because you just say so many things and and you don't know you don't know what sticks no way I love it too yeah you had chatted about um being white presenting or that there are different levels of privilege and you sort of articulated something that I had always felt like I was just babbling about and Mm. like you articulate it in such a wonderful way. I was like, oh my God, that's how I feel. Because I was sharing with you that I sometimes have gotten asked to audition for roles of like a Filipino woman, I think once a Chinese woman, indigenous. And I've always been like, no, no, go find, like go find somebody who walks that walk. Right. Because they're like, you're going to find someone who's talented who walks that walk. So yeah. don't be lazy and try and oh, cast no. me. Oh, no. Did I tell you to just take the opportunity? No, no. <laughs> so scared. Like, no, oh. no, no, no. Not at all. You were sharing. So you were sharing your sort of experience. It came out of because you were articulating an experience to me about how you feel that you have a privilege because you feel like you are white presenting. 100% I benefit from white privilege. Yeah. I'm not white, but I'm 100% Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. or I don't know people are like what does that mean mm-hmm. um but yeah my my parents are from Iraq mm-hmm. my mom's Ara- Iraqi K- Turkish and mm-hmm. my dad's tr- Kurdish and or, they're both Kurdish and but I I look very European mm-hmm. and I wonder how it is because you were talking about other but like feeling like other but you feel like you were born here and sort of having that like yeah I think that was work uh so Yas Queen is this uh comedy show for women and non-binary of color and 
doing that show and being the whitest, like being white presenting and, and beginning to be like, do I deserve the stage? Should I be on it? Like people can be like, mm. why are you there? It's kind of like too, when I was coming to terms with, I don't want to say coming to terms. When I was started discovering with my going more into my sexuality and be like, I think I, I've always like liked women, but I think it's in this way. But my fears were not just being rejected by women, but it was also being like, will the community accept me? Do I belong if, mm. uh, if I like men uh, emotionally and physically, but women only physically. And if I like men 80%, but like this stuff. And, and I learned through that, that it's, it's, it doesn't work like that. There's not a quota that's like, you know, it's not the immigration process where you collect points. And then if you don't <laughs> reach a certain amount, then you're rejected. That's not it yeah. for you. It's like, if you're any, within any amount that, that that's it, you belong. Can we talk about your experience in being diagnosed with bipolar 2? Absolutely. Okay. I didn't know that. So yeah, no. when you mentioned, I was like, oh, I would I love I to ask you about I it. I don't start. I don't right, read 100%. with that. No, totally. Um, I also just, I, I, not that I'm afraid. Yeah. Just, I don't, it's like when you fit into the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What it comes out. Well, and I also just, I love that you like allow me to learn so much about you when we chat. Um, when did you, when did, when were you diagnosed? Uh, when I was 26. Mm-hmm. So the thing about bipolar type two is mm-hmm. the difference between type one is that it's a less kind of severe. Mm-hmm. So the, the it's hypomania instead of full-blown mania. Okay. Uh, bipolar type two, those often that misdiagnosis depression. And because it's, it's oh, a little bit so, like, that's the thing is it was so, and it feels so, I'm still trying to figure out like what, I think I only even I'm, so I've been with medication. It put me into a little bit of a hypomania, but I didn't notice it until my doctor had to be like, if this is happening, is this happening? And I was like, well, that happens sometimes. And mm. so I read, I was trying to learn more about it. I was reading this article and this woman was diagnosed in her 30s and she was like it's the best day of my life and I was like this is not the best day of my life Aww. like I realized how much internalized stigma I had with mental illness and mm. mental health and I, it was those questions of like where does this where does the illness begin and the personality end kind of thing what's mean what's a, you know the creativity the so had a lot of coming to terms with that and I'm like oh I, I what am I going to do? Like, I have it. I love it. I mm-hmm. am. It, but it's that fear of when a, because when I talk to doctors, this is the recovery model and there's the medical model. And the medical model is like, how do we cure this? How do we fix this disease? Mm-hmm. This kind of thing. And the recovery model is like, how do we get you to an optimal mental health and life balance and taking in all the things and not just focusing on the illness. Mm. Um, but at the ultimately at the end of the day, both of them were fo- like, they want you health. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the end goal. And so it was hard with, and I was, I had a bad experience with antidepressants, but mm-hmm. it, I also because if you have bipolar di- disorder, antidepressants can actually make it worse, like mood stabilizers. Yeah, and so that was another thing. Oh. And at um, the time, were they thinking that you had depression, or yeah, were they thinking I was diagnosed? Oh, okay, with so you're being mis- mistreated, misdiagnosed, like, which happens misdiagnosed, with sorry, bipolar yeah. type two because yeah. again, it's harder to. Is it the highs and lows that they're then attributing to depression? Like, like what? What? what oh, is it I the didn't. Under, that's the thing is the, the I knew when I was in a low, but mm-hmm. I didn't know when I was in a high. That felt like me. They talk about baseline a lot, and I was like, I don't know baseline, mm. and and that's why I was I was hard being like, is this hypomania? Like. Like the other yesterday, I got mm-hmm. one hour of sleep, and I was like, "That happens." Aww. Yeah, and, and the doctor's like, "But you're not tired," and I was like, "Yeah," but, and he's like, "That's hypomania. That's the mm. thing." Like he's like, "Other people would be tired at this point," and I went oh, like 24 hours on one hour of sleep. Wow! And but because that's because that's your experience, that's me. then like, it's I, not going to stick out to you as like, "Oh, maybe this is something." Right. You know what I mean? So it was because I actually so I mentioned I work with the Canadian Mental Health Association, mm-hmm. and we I am a peer facilitator where I do workshops on mental health and wellness. And we talk about bipolar. And so some of the things were kind of resonating. So I went to Planned Parenthood, which has like mm. a, a mental health kind of department. And I didn't know that. You know, no one knows it. I really yeah. recommend it because that's where I got diagnosed. And then I get three, free therapy through that. I mean, there's a waiting list. Wow. But Planned Parenthood is phenomenal. It's great. Mm. I really recommend it, especially the Toronto locations. I haven't been anywhere, anywhere else, but really welcoming, really accepting. And the thing about internalized stigma is a lot of times it comes from our own experiences too. With mm. the, Like I would... When I was diagnosed with depression in university and I went to the hospital for an emergency case, it was awful. Like, it was so, mm-hmm. so, so bad. And so we get these, like, um, thing. we get these, like, uh, bad tastes in our mouth because mm-hmm. of our own experiences from it. Mm-hmm. But so when I went and I got diagnosed, it it wasn't this, like, oh, it makes a lot of sense. It was a little bit of, like, okay, but it was more like a, a grieving of, like, oh, can I, can I take credit now for the things that I – you know, I felt like I was like, I'm so creative and I'm so extroverted and I'm so, but at the end of the day, like it's identity is identity. It's multiple mm-hmm. intersections and 
I'm claiming it all. It's like mm-hmm. that that white passing privilege. It's like it is part of me. Like what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. And that's the opportunities and the things I get from this and the things I lose. It's all there. It's just mm-hmm. all. But the fear was the medication of like, mm-hmm. is it gonna take away from this? Is it gonna if I'm baseline, am I gonna be bored for? Like I had a lot of reservations about mm-hmm. that, especially because the medication with antidepressants went so poorly. That gut thing though. Can we talk yeah. about that? Because yeah. when I was having relationship anxiety, mm-hmm. um, of being like, I'm just like he's so great and he's so, but I don't know like. It's not as, like, I'm not feeling that, like, end-all, be-all love that I've been mm. taught to believe from movies and that I've, like, felt before in relationships. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my my therapist, because my friends are like, just try to trust your gut. Like, you know, you, your heart already knows kind of stuff, which is not bad advice. No. But I was like, but the thing is, knowing what I know about myself now, I don't trust my gut. Like, mm. I don't, like, I... I have feelings, but I don't know if they're looking out for me because I feel good. Oh, that's so interesting. I, fe- I would, I would totally put on you that you have like a strong. You just always. Oh, I have such guy. great intuition. I yeah. have such, but it was, it was relationships because it's that thing ah. of like, uh, if you don't like, if you're getting the same thing and nothing changes, it's because you know what I mean. Like mm. nothing's, nothing's changed. Nothing's, yes. If you're so, like trying the same thing over and over again in the same. If way you're getting or the same results, yes. you're, you're nothing's changing in yeah. the equation. Uh, no factors are. So I was like, I oh, man, I'm all. I always end up with these shitty dudes. I was, and I was like, I'm gonna go look for a nice person. Like I'm gonna mm-hmm. look for this and this. And then you do that, and that's again, that's like the self awareness, but self control. Because as much as I did that and I found someone who's great, it's doesn't make it. It didn't make it less hard. Of like now I have this, but I have a whole different thing to tackle mm-hmm. because I was being like, is this the right relationship? Because I would always go with that gut of like I, I'm instantly I'm so into it and whatever. I'm like this works. There's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. He's never said anything problematic. He hasn't done. He's been so great. But I was mm-hmm. like I'm just not feeling this thing of like I'm sure. But it was for me, it was this, this gut for relationship has never, like, I know what's fun and whatever, but it's never worked out for me. Like mm. I had to, I had to change the thing to get a different result, but now it's tackling this. And the thing that people never talk about is when things aren't good with the relationships. Yeah. I mean, you do kind of with your friends, whatever, but I asked, I asked a friend, like, I was like, do you ever have doubt? She, mm-hmm. she was just a person like me who just, you know, always one night stands, all this stuff. And then there's like two year relationship, like very mm-hmm. monogamous. And I was like, Duh, do you ever get doubts? Because I was feeling so guilty with it. Because people would be like, oh, if you're having doubts, like you don't know and it's not. And she was like, oh, yeah, 100%. She's like, I spent yeah. the first six months like being like hemming and hawing. And like that, I needed that. Like mm-hmm. I need to hear that. I need to hear another friend talking about how she didn't want the partner that she has now who she's absolutely in love with she mm-hmm. didn't even like consider them in the beginning because of the her mm. what she wanted versus what she needed and so that really really helped but it didn't take away that it was like hard mm-hmm. um but my what, something that my therapist said what I said to her was like you know my friends are saying like trust your gut whenever my gut's just not telling me and she's like that's not your gut she's like that's the part of you that self-sabotages your gut was what told you to move out of your parents house she's like that's your gut that helped you and that was good for your so how health. do you know how do you know therapist that's the process Rocious therapist yeah, yeah, yeah totally it, it was me explaining just, like you know it's a pattern it was yeah being like uh i think it's but it's like relationships again attached like i was going mm. through these like avoidant people whatever but the highs are so high and then mm-hmm. the lows are so lows and i was like i need someone with a, a secure attachment mm. because the thing and I say, I'm like, oh, it's so, cause she's like, it's not boring. Like you have fun, you have good. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't remember that because you're, you're searching for that dopamine hit. Like yeah. you're not getting the hits. I'd be like, man, I just felt so secure of like not having to text them, of being able to go out and not be with, like all these things that I can mm-hmm. have now just focusing on me mm-hmm. that comes from the relationship. But I'm telling myself like, it's so boring because the drama is just not there. Mm-hmm. I also find, um, appreciating those things. Like what you were saying, like, oh, I can just go out and not, I'm just secure. Um, I, try and make sure that I am doing that regularly because I think as time goes on, like I've been with my partner for 13 years now mm-hmm. this year. And as time goes on more and more things that are actually like amazing about a relationship, you think are just the like norm are just common. Mm-hmm. I've ever, Oh no. Like with, if I dated any guy, I could say, Oh, I'm going away with my friends this weekend. And he'd be like, cool. That sounds fun. Do you need me to watch the dog? No, but that's not every partner. Like I take, not even taking, I guess that is taking things for granted and having to remind myself, I was just watching like a shitty reality show before you came over. I love his line. Um, Oh no, but I finished that. So good. No, it's called (laughs) Made in Chelsea. It's literally even crappier and it's old. Oh, but it's in England. You might love it. It's in Chelsea. (laughs) Well, I don't, I don't do reality. Okay. Except love is, I've gone into it like circle and love is blind. Yes. Oh no, the the, the best reality show, the only one I was ever, because I'm like, I don't care. I'm not like, I don't care for people's drama. I just like comedies. But there's a, there's a reality show. It was one season because it's called I Want to Marry Harry. And the premise was they take 12 American women and yeah. take them to, like, a castle in England, uh, in the countryside in England. And they convince them that they're dating 
Prince Harry. Who are they? They're not dating anybody? They're dating dating? like some ginger guy who just called (gasps) it. And they, oh my God. And the show wasn't even about finding love. It was literally like, how much can we convince these women that they're dating Prince Harry? And it was so, it was so, and I was reading this article about how much they were manipulating them off the camera because you're like, who? Was gonna yeah. believe this? Like, these, yeah, these people are dumb. And then these women be like, "No, you don't understand how deep it went." So it was, it was oh. hilarious, but it was so bad. And they would just Photoshop. He didn't look. He didn't look like Prince Harry. And also, what? Like, as if the <laughs> royal families like they're already having enough problems with Meghan Markle being like she's not, and um, she's like, like as if they're gonna be like, yeah, the new like his new wife is gonna come off I of a reality mean, show oh, from man, America. I really recommend it to. Em- I will to watch everyone. it. What's it called? Tr- I want to marry Harry. I want to marry Harry. I want to do a season two of like Harry Styles. But the the first one's just so great because it's, they like you, they convinced twelve women that they were dating royalty and anyone who was like I don't think that's Prince Harry they probably they, booted yeah, they, yeah, 100%. they're like oh, oh. I, or I cheat a lot of things like they're they're dates and they're not interviews where like interview you go and and you have to be like why me like pick yeah. me like why me but I go on dates and I'm like why you like I'm great you're gonna that's love me. so healthy I tell that to like one of my closest girlfriends will like be going on dates and I'm always like. Go in and see if you like them because yeah. you're fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. So, All you're saying is uh, like the clicks or whatever, but it's not like, yeah. did I do this too much or did I do it? Because no. you're not going to find someone who you're, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to hold back on this until exactly. it works. Oh, I'm then... going to change myself like this until they like me. No. Mm-hmm. I One time I literally found myself saying to my therapist, every time I make a decision, I just want to make sure that it makes everyone else happy and then hopefully I'm happy too. And she was like, wait, hold on a second. Can we back up? I'm like, oh my yeah. God, I just heard that come out of my mouth. Exactly. Yeah, this is therapy for you now. I understand. It, is, you know, it has become therapy. But but so when you say that about those women, I'm like, oh, I understand. Because if you 100%. grabbed me and I went on those, I'd be like, well, it's probably me. Maybe, maybe I don't remember how Harry looks. Yeah, because there's so many things. It's like how how much women and non-binary people could excel, mm. and how many if it, because but like that, that that's that's there's a reason for that. It's mm-hmm. not like the system made us believe that so the patriarchy could continue like the mm. that's everything that there's so much things part of the patriarchy that keeps us we to hold ourselves back because mm-hmm. it's like it'd be so obvious if men did it explicitly but they do it in subtle ways so that we doubt ourselves and then mm-hmm. we're like oh, i can't apply for this i can't go for this mm-hmm. i'm gonna doubt. like those. your new motto in your head is gonna change where you have yeah. those thoughts and and you know what if you're wrong with them like let's so you're gonna change your motto and mm-hmm. the thought in your head that 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 saying that comes in that's like mm, i don't know a man that maybe I'm wrong you're just gonna be like no I'm right I'm mm-hmm. right I'm right and and if you are wrong it's n- it's not gonna be as detrimental as mm. if you know you telling yourself constantly that, that you're, you're wrong and then finding because out you're allowed you to make right mistakes yeah. and I don't think it's gonna affect anyone's life in a huge way but you telling you're wrong every yourself you're wrong every day is holding you back mm-hmm. so you're right and it's because the thing is even <laughs> no, no you're right treat yeah like, I honestly have to, I think people are like, you're so confident. I'm like, I don't do anything that a man doesn't do. Mm. I, when I actually go do an improv scene in my head, I'm always a man because mm. I can get away with so much more. And the, the, like the, the time, characters you play, the characters are I'm always a man in my head. And then people will gender me mm. as a woman. And, and I get thrown because I didn't see myself that way. But I also know that they're only like, when I'm just like, Hey, Hey, little brother, they'll be like, all right, sister. And I'm like, you, cause you, you're seeing my sex. Yeah. That's the only thing that you're doing. But I, if in my head I'm playing a man, it's because I'm going to be, uh, more, like, more confident, mm. more in the scenes and stuff, like, more... Cause, because if you're a woman, if you're a man in a scene and you're being uh, confident, you're, you're a boss. Mm. But if you're a woman, you're naggy, you're... Mm. So, so I'm not doing anything different than a man is doing. The world has just put a label on me that I'm a bitch or that I'm screechy or whatever. But you're right. Because even if you aren't right, you telling yourself that one time and you being wrong about it isn't going to do as much damage as like dudes who are actually like, I'm right. And they're not. Mm. And no, it's small. Oh, like I know it's going to start no, small for small. you. No, it I'm totally saying it's going to start small oh, yeah, for you yeah. because cause it's, that's, that's a huge leap. But mm-hmm. no, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right always. <laughs> always you're right. 100%. Yeah. And like, because these are small doubts. You're like maybe it's me. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. this is the gut thing that's actually like your gut thing. Mm-hmm. And the thing is about being wrong is like that, that trains your gut too, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's thin slicing. Malcolm Gladwell talks about this in Blink. Like every time you have an experience, you know, that, that you store that in the data system of your brain. Mm-hmm. And so that's why women can meet a guy and then be like, something's off. Like every woman knows this or non-binary person knows that thing of like, he's kind of creepier. He's kind of, mm-hmm. and people will be like, what is it? Like, what is it? Like guys don't know because uh, their guy friends are nice guys because to them a nice guy is like driving you to the airport mm-hmm. helping you move but if a guy is nice to men and his friends but not nice to women then he's not really a nice guy right Yeah. so so when we get this like feeling of like I don't know it's just there it's because we thin sliced we've met a thousand dudes who have these qualities and then they turn out to be this so when we see someone who has like a, you know a hint of that quality it's our gut being like you know oh. something's in the water and 
that but you're so you're training so even if you're wrong like if you're like I'm right I'm right I'm right and then mm-hmm. there's a time where you're like oh I wasn't right about that um that's tra- that's that's good for you that helps mm-hmm. you with that because there's also exceptions like mm-hmm. there's always an exception to the rule and like as much as we like I like we can we always lump people into groups and stuff like that and people have so many I like, got multiple intersectionalities and identities yeah, of course but that's the the gut thing because when I'm talking about my gut it's like with my heart it's like and I wanted someone who was like could rock up to a party and I could leave them they could socialize and everyone he's not that mm-hmm. and that's okay because mm-hmm. it works like it just works so that was my gut being like that's it's not that so it's wrong and maybe that is what I like who knows if it doesn't work out or mm-hmm. but it's not it's not that it doesn't work out it's that because I don't I'm not like soulmate I think that you can there's a whole bunch of people you can find and love and be happy with for however long maybe even the rest of your life but there's multiple people of that and I was just thought of like you date this person for this long and you date this person for this long and you date this mm-hmm. and that's all good too that's just mm-hmm. my take on it so so yeah like it's okay that we that but that was the doubt, right? That it had to be this and it mm-hmm. had to always be like head over heels and stuff. And it'd be still be nice to to do that. There's just a lot of different versions of love, but... It's also hard to put... Like I, I would do similarly where um, I'm like, well, if we're not... Because again, all these stories and narratives around you are telling you all the things that yeah. it should be. And, you're, and again, if I'm not trusting my gut, yeah, it's like, okay, well, shouldn't we be like bonnie and clyde and also best friends and like i remember Why bonnie and clyde i because i always thought like i want someone who like if i murder somebody they're on my side like that's Again, it, it. But this is the thing is when we give these examples of like sit and nancy those things are so toxic they're they're so like toxic and they're so unhealthy and then there's my partner being like i don't resonate with wanting to be bonnie and clyde yeah. and i'm like well then maybe we're not right for each yeah. other and but but it's, it's so not. easy it's to get that, doubt about your relationship totally the things that we're fed are this perfect this movie thing that are like first like all rom-coms are like there's a misunderstanding yeah and they, they hate, hate each other. other it doesn't work out and then they do yeah and then that's it right it mm-hmm. ends because and you're like, like what about i they always want each other that's the their heart ended, they're supposed yeah. to be together even though everything in the world is not, they're for not an right hour, for each you other told me all. they're wrong for each other yeah. exactly in my head we talk about getting better growing being the person that we want to be being the best version of ourselves what's that goal? What does that look like, right? Mm. What does it mean to do, be that? Because we can tell ourselves that, but then we get tested and we don't see it sometimes because we fall into the who we are, what we usually do. Mm. But you write it down and then you're tested and you're like, I don't know what to do. What's that value? What's mm. the number one? Does it does it align? Does it fall with that? Mm. And you're like, I could do this and it's, it's easier or something, but I'm going with what I, wa- what I want to be. And so you you have like that was what happened with me I was like I want to be vulnerable I want to be honest I want to be enjoyable I want to be like all these things um and I could focus on that because when something came in of like people think this and you gotta like own it you really gotta that's the confidence thing of like what you do and who you are you gotta own it you gotta be like I love watching shitty reality tv shows like I love because it's easy for even Mm -hmm. me I was like I don't want to I see I saw this thing but it's a one-off like I'm not into rom-coms like I'm different and it's like yeah you you fucking love it you're into it like yeah fuck I'm so apologetic about who I am that then I lose what parts of me I actually am and what parts I'm just like doing for other people yeah you're great like there's nothing to be apologetic for and Mm -hmm. if people don't like it that's fine because you can't please everyone that's so obvious but like who do you want to be do you love yourself that's really like do you love yourself without being an asshole because there's Mm -hmm. people like i love myself i'm great and you're like you're a douche you need to (laughs) they say like never change like no they're not talking about everything yeah 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 yeah. please please change for the benefit (laughs) of society like no you're not when we colonize mars you're not (laughs) getting on this ship or you're going alone and then we're (laughs) making it not no one's waiting a while yeah Yeah, exactly and then we're all coming (laughs) yeah Ugh. yeah you, yeah you know you know what you gotta do you gotta yeah. trust yourself more you gotta mm-hmm. why not you right why mm-hmm. not you that was that's my that's my mentality whenever I like again go dates interviews I'm like I'm gonna get it because mm-hmm. I'm great and if I don't I'm like it's not me and mm-hmm. if it is it's like I live in that ignorant like that bliss of not knowing but mm-hmm. but I, I can do that because I'm also constantly uh reflecting on like mm-hmm. could I be better could I be am I being too much of an asshole of these things because it doesn't hurt me to be like I kill that uh, interview and mm-hmm. and if I didn't then that's not my fault but I'll but I also wanted to get feedback so I can work on those things like mm-hmm. no one gets hurt if I love myself more mm. no one Ugh, you know I'm gonna, rec- I'm gonna, me, I was you know? Be like I'm gonna record you saying that and play it for myself I'm like I literally am recording yeah, you for, saying yeah that, but I'm gonna just it's that's totally true I have it in my head that the more I love myself the less love other people will feel for from people me. Not yeah at all like it's not a pie it's Learn. like rights people always think of rights like well if we give these people more rights that means less for us and yeah we, we 
that's not like yeah people get defensive it's like it's not a pie no the more love you give to yourself isn't going to hinder anyone else it only Mm -hmm. no one ever got hurt from you loving yourself more Mm -hmm. because you're loving yourself more too means bettering yourself and working on the the and being a better friend and being a better daughter being a better yeah you have unlimited love to give and but you loving yourself is priority number one no one doesn't take away from that it's like this you know renegade idea or this Mm -hmm. like wild thing to it's the think about that that the idea of loving ourselves is seems rebellious or seems like people are like I need more of that like that should that should always be there mm-hmm. like we're not put on this earth to hate ourselves yeah why are we and yeah. and self love doesn't isn't doesn't equate to being an asshole or to mm-hmm. like you can love yourself and want to be a better person at the same time and that a lot of that actually goes hand in hand because you want to be a better person you love yourself mm-hmm. it's the it's the people who are like no, I don't need to change anything it's like really nothing there's a deep sadness to that. that yeah. You don't want to change anything because you don't want to confront the things that you're not happy with. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, Roche. I could hear you. I could just talk to you for hours. Oh, my God. Let me see. Don't tell me that. It's oh, like my God. My no, but I could. <laughs> too much. My tires are about to burst. Oh, okay. No, well, more, more. I love it. <laughs> I, you're like, no, no, stop, stop. Give me more. Stop, stop. Okay. Well, Roche, thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, my God. I, I genuinely could just talk to you forever. Uh, always a pleasure. Never and, a chore. Oh, it was such a pleasure to connect with you and just for you to allow me to pick your brain on your thoughts and your views because I found them very helpful and inspiring and therapeutic for myself selfishly oh i appreciate it thanks so, for letting me come on because yeah. you, i told you i was like i love talking about myself this is my dream like, i i this is something it was i manifested because i'm like i can't wait for someone to interview me and be like what do you think <gasps> oh um, and it's like you shouldn't care but i'll tell you so this is i appreciate it so much and i truly do like i love talking to you i'm bummed that mm-hmm. we don't you know improv and i don't see I you know. as much but i know but we will happen but we will yeah, it yeah. will absolutely happen yeah.